Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I think those are all the commercials. Now it's time for the main events. Uh, I'm so excited to introduce Dorsey Ross to you. Dorsey, uh, went, I said went, we went to, met Dorsey in college at Valley Forge Christian College, which is now the University of Valley Forge. I did not go to the University of Valley Forge. I went to Valley Forge Christian College. They are two very different things. Oh, um, it's been, yeah, it was a long time ago. So uh, it, the, the school looks very different now, but we all had the, the privilege of being together. I've played basketball with Dorsey on our intramural teams. Uh, it's just been an inspiration in my life. And the first time I met Dorsey, uh, I had no idea you know what was go, you know what I was in for, and uh, he's just been an awesome inspiration to watch, and and then just to see you know how God has used him through the years, and he he travels around. He's written a book, like that's one of my life goals, and he did it before me, so I'm a little <laughs> jealous. But um, his book will be available in the foyer uh, on your way out. I encourage you, please buy it. You won't regret it. Um, it's called Overcomer. It's an awesome book. Uh, but Dorsey's basically going to come and just share his story. And uh, I just invite you to, would you give him a life true welcome today as he comes? Thank you, Pastor Dan, for allowing me to uh, come and minister to you guys this morning. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to open with me to Psalms 46, verse 1. Psalm 46, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very pleasant help in trouble. Therefore, we will not, both, we will not fear, though the earth should change and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. There is a river whose strings make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High, God is in the midst of the sea, in the midst of her, she will not be moved. God will help, God will help her when the earth, when the morning dawns. The nation made an uproar, the kingdom tottered. He raised his voice, the earth melted. The earth, the, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of shape is our, is our stronghold. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who have wrought desolation in the earth. He makes waters to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the giant with fire. And here's the main verse that I want to focus on today. It is, He's striving and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. I have a reason for using that verse this morning. In, in another translation of, of um, Psalm 46.10, it may say, Be still and know that I am God. And I have a reason for you in that verse, and it's because when I was born, I was born with a, just to get a little background to who I am, because that's what I'm up here to do, um, I was born with a birth defect called Aplet syndrome, which is a birth defect of the hands and the face. When I was born, my forehead was pushed 
ouwe in my eigen oog gepricht, back in my head and my fingers and toe refused to get in me, I know in the viral movement of them. And my parents, my mom was 41 and my dad was 45 when I was born. So they up there in Enig and they already had two daughters. One was 21 and the other one was 16. And they had two young sons before me who had already passed on from a different birth defect than, that I, than I was born with. And my, at that time, because it was on January 16, 1977, back in that day, time and, time and day, they did not have the testing, they did not have the, the testing and the medical expertise that they do today with knowing when a mother or when a baby was going to be born with a birth defect. So my parents were not even knowing were not even aware that their son was going to be born with a birth defect. I was even six weeks premature, and when my parents rushed me off to, to the hospital, to or rushed, when my dad rushed my mom off to the hospital, my parents, when I was born, my parents were not even able to see or hold me because the doctor rushed me off right away because of the severity of my birth defect, when the doctors, probably a few hours later, the Madden came back into the room, they explained to my parents what exactly was going to happen, what exactly was taking place. And not only was I born with a birth defect that severely affected my face and my hands, it also affected my skull. When, my, when I was born, the skull was already fused together, already had formed, you know, was already fused, meaning that there was no opening and no, you know, no soft spot which allowed the brain to grow and allowed the brain to function normally. So, I, so the doctors said to my parents, look, there's we're not going to give you any hope for your son. There's no way for your son to to be born. There's no way for your son to to survive. Here's a here's a paper that we're going to give you that you can sign, and we will take your baby off. We will put him into a institution, and you can go on and you can live your life. Well, thankfully, my parents both knew and trusted in God and knew that God had a plan and purpose for my, for my life. And they knew that they couldn't give up on the son that God had just given them. Now here's where the, the Psalm 46.10 comes into play. My dad went down the hallway to pray about what God was going, what, what was he going to do? What was my dad going to do? How was my dad going to handle this situation. How is he going to handle another son that was born with a birth defect? How is he going to handle at his age? How is he going to handle this situation? And in the dark hallway of that hospital where I was born, I believe it was the Holy Spirit speaking to him, saying to him, be still. 
be still and know that I am God. In the background of that verse, in the background of that meeting, it means to stop, to cease, to relax. And I think, I believe my, my parents and my, that God was telling my mom and my dad to, to relax, to, to be still, to stop. Because I think too many times in our lives when we're going through trials and we're, when we're going through tribulations and we're going through difficulty, we, we get panicked, we get frustrated, we get all out of whack that we forget that God is still in control, that God is still on the throne and he's still alive in us and that he is the one that has everything in the palm of his hand. You know, my question to you guys today is, are you an overcomer? Are there things in your life that you have been trying to overcome on your own strength and your own power, and you can't do it on your own? As Pastor Dan said, I, I, had, I wrote my own autobiography, and for years now, people have asked me if they were going to, if I was going to write my book. I was going to write my story, and eventually I was able to overcome the difficulties and overcome the obstacles of writing my story and writing my book. And I was able to overcome those situations and those difficulties. In order to be an overcomer, we need to be courageous, we need to have boldness, we need to have conviction, we need to be fearless. We need to we need to have these things in our life because there's a lot we need to overcome. It could be something to do with our health, spiritual life, emotional. We need to have Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in our life because without him we are nothing. A time when we are dealing with a situation we feel like we want to give up. Or where we have, or maybe we have given up at times. And we feel like there's no victory because the mountain is too big to overcome. We think to ourselves that there's no way in this life that I'm going to overcome the difficulties in my life, in my marriage, the discouragement of The discouragement of singleness, the depression of not having friends. And the one thing in my life that I need to overcome is the discouragement of being single. If you haven't already done the math, I'm 40 years old this, this year. I'm two years older than, than Pastor Dan and some of my friends that went to Valley Forge and I'm still single by belief and by I'm praying by faith that God will help me to find that woman of God somewhere in my life. What is what are the some of the mountains in your life that you need to overcome today? Even what we even with what we have faced, God wants us to have courage, He wants us to have triumph, He wants us to overcome what we are facing today. Growing up in my life, at six weeks old I had the first of many operations in my 
life. My mom and I would always pray and always believe by faith that God was going to bring me through the operations. That he was going to bring me through the operations in my life and that he was going to protect me in these operations. And some of these operations were not small operations. They were operations that would last sometimes up to 10 hours at a time. And it would have to open, I used to have a scar from my left ear to my right ear because that's where the doctor would have to operate and have to reconstruct my face and reconstruct the way that I looked. And before going into the operating room, my mom and I would sing the old hymn, Because He Lives, and I love the chorus in that song because it says, Because He Lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He Lives, all fear is gone. Because I know He holds the future in life is, the, is worth the living just because He lives. Now, my life... Although I was, I grew up in the church and I grew up in going to Sunday school and going to all these different things, there were still times in my life growing up when I didn't want to always live, when I didn't always want to, there were times when I wanted to just to give up, I just wanted to end my life. I didn't want to live, I didn't know what God had in store for my Life. From five years old, I, when I was five years old, I entered the Henry Scottish School for people with disabilities. In a school for any type of person with any type of disability throughout my, you know, with with their disability, and. I went through that school for m- many years, and but even in that school, you would think that going to a school for people with disabilities that I wouldn't have been teased, I wouldn't have been made fun of or picked on, or, but I was called names. I was called names like monster and, and freak and picked on and looked at, and not only in the school, but people from the outside world as well. And there were times in my life when the enemy would tell me, you know, just to end my life, just to, you know, you're, you're not going to make it, you're not going to survive, just to end, end your life and to, and to give up. But, you know, I kept going, I kept believing by faith, even though it was the time when the, of the most seed of faith. I believe that God has something in store for my life. Jesus is telling his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 33, he want, he's talking to them about his death and resurrection. He tells his disciples that they will soon be scattered because of what is to come. In other words, when Christ was crucified on the cross, his Disciples were going to be scattered, were going to be, you know, they were going to be run away because of what was happening at that time. And that, he, but he also tells them 
that although he's not going to be there, that, that they were not alone, but that the Father, that God was going to be there with, with him. That the Father is in Christ. John chapter 16, verse 33 in the Amplified Bible says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you will have trouble and distresses and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding. With all the trials and with all the tribulations that I have been through in my own life, it was difficult, but I have always, I have at times had to remind myself that I, had, that I have the peace of Christ living inside of me so that when I go through the tribulations and I go through the trials, that God is with me, that God is inside of me, and that he is going to help me to go through the trials and go through the difficulties in my life. And he's also there for you as well. Growing up, I had to, one of the other difficulties in my life that I had to deal with was when I was in my early teen years, I was, go, I was in the hospital for one of my major operations and the, the pastor and the youth pastor at the time where I was attending came up to me and asked me, came to visit me and my mom who was the, and my dad who were both the biggest supporters of, of my life and always wanted to see what I, you know, what I could do in my life. My mom asked the youth pastor there, you know, why he, why he hadn't allowed me to, why he hadn't invited me to come to the youth group, why he hadn't allowed me to come to the youth group. And the pastor looking my mom in the face, and I didn't hear this, but I believe my mom, you know, by faith my mom, you know, told me this. And he told her that he thought that I, I was, you know, it was a bad word to use, but, you know, retarded or some type of mental issues in my life, that that's why he hadn't invited me to come to the youth group. And at time, I, I went there at times, but usually I had, I had Friday night recreation at my high school, which was the, which was the um, hockey and sports night that we would have on Friday night, so I wasn't always able to, to go. But I will say this, and I will say this to the young people in the, <clears throat> in the church this, this, even this morning, that the youth group, that when I did go, regardless of who the pastor was, when I did go, the youth group accepted me for who I was. They accepted me and loved me and cared enough for me and encouraged me to be there. And I want the, the young people to know and to encourage you, your friends and encourage your people that you know to come to the youth group and no matter who they are, no matter what they look like, no matter what type of disability they have, to invite them to the church. 
And I know that when I go to church, I know there are things inside of people that have some type of disability, but it's, for me, people like myself and people who have physical disabilities, I don't see a lot of that in the church, and I just want to encourage you guys to accept them and, and love on them and be there for them and know that they, even though they have some type of disability, that they know and they believe just like we do. We need, to, we need to realize that with God's strength and God's help and God's faithfulness that he will bring us through the difficult times. As men, it's difficult at times to want to admit that we can't do things on our own and that we need help, that we need God's help to overcome the things in our lives. Eventually, he... God has helped us and will help us to overcome these things on our own. On our own. But, he, but we need God's help with the battles that we face in our lives, both as men and as women. As I got older, I started to <clears throat> work with the youth and I started to realize that God has something in store for my, for my life. The, the main, one of my main verses for my own life is, is Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Not some things, not a few things, not certain things, but all Things. Now that happens to be in God's will and God's timing for our lives, but God can give us the strength to do those things. Now you may look at me and you may say, well, <clears throat> you know, there are probably things that you can't do and they are some of the things that I can't do. I can't lift my hands above my head. But because I wanted to try and do certain things, I was able to play baseball. I was able to go bowling. I'm able to bowl without any holes in the bowling ball because I, I have learned how to throw the ball without any, any holes in my, <coughs> any hole in the, in the bowling ball. And I was able to play basketball with, with Pastor Dan and in the valley, in valley Fork, I wasn't able to shoot it that well, but I was able to play because I wanted to play. I wanted to see what <clears throat> I wanted to see what God had for me and what I could do in my own life and with in my own ability without with God's ability. <clears throat> so as I got older, I started to work with the youth and work with the youth group. And I started to feel a call of God on my life to help the youth and to work with the with the youth. And I wasn't the, you know, going back to school a little bit, I wasn't the A-plus student. I wasn't the, I didn't do well on tests. I didn't do well in, on essays and, and math. Math was my worst subject, you know, in, in the history of my 
education. And as I got older, I had to have a meeting to determine what I was going to do after I graduated because not every student that I went to high school with was able to make it in college. Some of them went on to, some of them went on to, you know, to go to, to go to, um, you know, trade schools and to go to work and to, you know, to do all these different things. So at this meeting, there was a meeting that my mom and I had to determine what I was going to do after I graduated. And at this meeting, my high school history teacher was there, and he was asked, you know, do you think that Dorsey will be able to make it in college? And he said, no, I don't think that Dorsey can make it in college. I don't think he has the ability to make it in college. So my mom then, you know, she asked, or they were there, I think they asked me, what, what do you think? I said, I think that I can make it, because I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I had no idea what, what college was going to be like, or how hard college was actually going to, going to be. And, so they, so I went, I went anyway, I, I got in, I got accepted into NYIT, and how I ever got accepted into NYIT, I have no idea, but, Instead of going to NYIT, I went to Queensboro Community College. And the first couple of weeks of college, it was like, you know, it was like being, me being in a, a tiny fish in a bigger, in a bigger pond. I had no idea what I was doing and it was difficult for me to, to learn and to do different things. But again, God, God worked it out. God, in his masterful plan, worked out something because he knew what he had in store for my life. He knew that he had greater things in store for my life. And he has greater things in store for your life as well. So whenever you're going through the difficulties, whenever you're going through the trials of life, whenever the youth in the room are going through the trials of life, with whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, know that God is there. Know that God has something in plan and purpose for your life. Eventually, I realized that God, that I realized that they had a Chi Alpha Christian group on that campus. And I met this guy named Kevin Batening. Well, before I get into him, I went to the campus meeting at Chi Alpha and I, I encouraged any of the youth and anybody in this room that if you go to a, a secular campus or a secular college to find that Chi Alpha group or find a Christian group on that campus. And I believe by faith that God worked it out, but I believe by faith that me going to that meeting saved my college career because as I said I was I was sick, I wasn't feeling well. And I even had a discussion with my mom about the possibility of, of quitting and the possibility of not doing it anymore or looking to do something else. And I met I went to the first meeting and 
I went there, and I went home the next day, and I went back, and I wasn't sick that the first night after that meeting. After the first after that night, I went home. I wasn't sick. After the meeting, I wasn't sick anymore. And it was like God was saying to me, here are the people that will help, support, and encourage you for what I have in store for your life. Now, Pastor Dan and Adrian and some of the guys in the room know, a friend of mine know my friend and their friend, Kevin Bateman. And I met him and he and I would, you know, joke around and, you know, me, you know, guys being guys, I would, you know, talk to the girls and look at the girls and stuff. And then one time I was looking, talking to a friend of mine, and I was walking, I was walking this way, and she walked back this way. I was like, hey, I'll, I'll talk to you later. And, and was, by the time I turned around, it was too late, and I walked straight into a lamppost on the college campus. And I walked into the next day, I had the tie-off Christian meeting, Kevin was in, he was like, so what happened? I was like, well, I walked into a lamppost. And, um, but, you know, usually, usually, Kyle, um, usually, um, usually two-year degrees, usually, community colleges usually take two years. But because of my, my mind and my, you know, learning disability, I wasn't able to do it in two years. I had to do it in four years. And you would think, well, you're probably done. You got your associate's degree, you're, you're probably done. Well, I wasn't done because I decided to enter Queensborough Community College. I'm sorry, I'm sorry the Valley Forest Christian College. And again, I met Kevin Bateman. Kevin was there again, and I got to meet Dan and Adrian and Nikki and Kevin and everybody. And, you know, I met some of the greatest guys, and I wish, you know, some of them I, I wish I still kept in touch with, touch with, but that's life. But yet, something happened in 2002 that, you know, shakes everybody's life to the core, especially when it's a sudden, unexpected event. If you don't realize that it's going to happen, you don't realize that it's going to take place. I knew my mom had a stroke in August of 2002, and I knew that she was sick. I knew that something was, you know, that something wasn't right. But on the 7th, 2002, I got the call from my dad. My sister actually called me because I was trying to get a hold of my mom and my dad. And we were so close that I would always call my mom, you know, probably a few times a day trying to get a hold of them. And I wasn't able to get a hold of my mom that day. And I finally got a hold of my sister and she said to me, you know, Mom passed away, but I knew that my mom wouldn't want me to quit. I knew that my mom wouldn't want me to give up. I knew that my mom wouldn't want me to take any time off from school. So I went to the, I went to the 
funeral, I went home, I went to the funeral, and I came back, and I finished off that connection, I did my finals and everything. But something happened three years later, in 2005. It was 28 years, to the, 28 years after I was born, nine years after I was told by my high school history teacher that I wouldn't make it in college. That my, <clears throat> that I was able to cross the stage of the of Valley Forest Listening College to receive my bachelor's arts degree in youth ministry. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Just to give you a little, a little snippet of what's going on now in my life and what happened a little bit afterwards. I wanted to be a youth pastor. That's what my heart was. No. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding all your ways now is him and he will make your path straight and God made my path straight because in August of 2006 he allowed me to see that youth ministry wasn't what he had strictly called what he wanted me to do it was what I thought I wanted to do but it wasn't exactly what God wanted me to do doors kept you know closing when I went on interviews and whatnot, and doors kept closing. And I was like, God, what do you want me to do? How is it that, what is it that you want me to do in my life? And at, when I was able to give my testimony at my home church, I felt like God was saying to me, you know, send this out with, with my testimony DVD of, that I had made, and see what I will do with it. See what it is that you, that will happen when this, when you, by faith, believe that I have something in store for you. Believe by faith that I have a plan and purpose for your, for your life. So I did. And for the last, for the last ten years, I've been traveling around this country giving my testimony, giving my giving my testimony and giving sermons about what God has done in my life and about overcoming, about encouragement, about not quitting this life that God has given you, not quitting this life that God wants you to live. There are too many things in, in this world that are going on right now. And we see everything. We see earthquakes and we see hurricanes and we see the hurricane in the, in the Atlantic right now that, that may or may not hit the U.S. again. And we see all these things that are happening. And we, you know, humanly and in the human nature, we get scared, we get worried, we get nervous about what's happening. It may not even be what's happening around this world. It may be happening in your own, in your own life, in your own marriage, in your own relationship, in your own family, in your job. But God tells us, 
Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. But grant you request of God and the peace of God that will hold all and stand and will comfort you and will guide and help you in your heart. James chapter 1 verse 2 and 4 says, Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials and many kinds that testing of your faith will produce perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be perfect and complete, not lacking anything.